Hello there, friends, and welcome back to another episode of Football Manager Therapy. I am your host, Rich Owens. I'm back, and there's nothing any of you can do about it. It's a pleasure to be back, and it's a pleasure to be joined by two wonderful, wonderful people. Uh, this week, joining us, we have the United City FM, we have Kev, and we also have Jebaru here. Uh, Callum, unfortunately, not available today due to uh, upcoming parental responsibility which is quite sensible, realistically speaking. We'd recommend he does that rather than coming to talk to us when necessary. But we've got two excellent human beings here, starting with excellent human being number one. Kev, how are you today, mate? Um, I'm slightly weirded out by Jebaru and the current <laughs> face that he's pulling. But other than that, Rich, I'm doing all right. I mean, you know, not amazing, not terrible, but all right and happy to be here. We'll absolutely take all right. All right is a good benchmark to have. Jeb is either frozen. He's. I don't think I've ever seen him smile for this long before. <laughs> so, I'm really not sure what's going on. Is there's this there's, be there's the def- new thing. At the end, it's the wave. At the beginning, it's now the smile that lasts. At all the beginning, it's now it's now just the smile. How long um, think, can we uh, drag it out for, Rich? <laughs> yeah, is he smiling? Is he holding his breath? Has he has he eaten a wasp? I don't know. Should we ask like, something? Go on, ask. Should we asking? Jeb, you alright, pal? Oh God. God. <laughs> that hurt. That really hurt. I can't be this happy for that long. How dare you, right? It's all right. I'm... We'll balance it out for the next hour. It'll be fine. I am well. There you go. I am well. Good. Fantastic. Well. Good. Well. Yes. Lovely. Yes. Lovely. Are you he's well in the same way that you know kind of was stuck in a well? Jeb might have pushed him in a well. He's I now just not. well. How dare you? There's, well, there's well, no well. evidence for it. No evidence. There's no anything. evidence. No, no no poorly photoshopped evidence whatsoever. No, no. Um, again, just 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 to clarify, Callum is definitely not trapped in a well again this week. Definitely not trapped in a well under definitely no circumstances. Not. He's building a buggy or something. I don't know. We didn't ask. Uh-huh. Um, there we go. Look, the three of us are here. We've got plenty to talk about this week because, mm. my goodness gracious me, my goodness gracious me, have there been some announcements from SI over the last few weeks. So that's going to be good. Uh, before we get going, though, before we get going, uh, hello, it's me, your old friend, Rich. Hi, guys. Hi. Um, before we get going, I think it's very, very important just to very, very briefly um, address my recent absence from podcast, I suppose, or the lack of podcast thereof. Like last week, we, we didn't record an episode. Um, the week before that, you would have seen uh, Jeb and Callum having a wonderful chat with uh, the other Kev, with Lelouja. Kev, yep. Mm-hmm. Obviously, our Kev wasn't available. So I went to Kev.com. Um, they, they just send you a replacement Kev. Um, it's kind of a look of the draw thing. You know, we were thinking it could have been anybody. It could have been Campbell, uh, De Bruyne, um, McAllister from Home Alone. But as it turns out, he's not real. Uh, so we got Lelouja instead, who was wonderful. What a he lovely was. record that was. Excellent, yep. excellent work from everybody involved. Um, I wasn't here for that episode. Obviously, we weren't here last week. If you've been watching my streams this week, so I've been streaming quite a lot. Um, I've not been very well, basically. Um, I, I struggle quite a lot with my mental health. So it's come up kind of in conversation before. And the last couple of weeks have been a really, really rough couple of weeks for me in terms of the brain. So I've taken a little bit of time. I uh, haven't been at work 
got signed off work by a doctor. A proper doctor of medicality told me that my brain was mush and I probably needed a little bit of time to look after myself and take care of myself. And that's what I've been doing. That's what I've been doing. Um, it's it's a new, it's definitely a new thing for me. It's not something I have a tendency to do particularly frequently. Um, you know, I'm, I'm not 24, unfortunately. We've covered this. I'm now ne very nearly 40. And it's something I've struggled with for quite a long time. And my coping mechanism, generally speaking, is just kind of ignore it and hope it goes away. And, you know, the older you get, the less that works. So I've taken a few weeks away from podcast, um, which I've, I've missed everyone terribly. Uh, I have missed this. Love this. I love my Sunday mornings with my friends. Um, missing a record with Lelujo a couple of weeks ago, just from a, a professional standpoint. was Again, it was just really disappointing because... We, I say, I was about to say we, but especially Jeb spent so long like making that record happen. Like the fact we got Lelujo was entirely down to Jeb, did all the groundwork, made that happen. And to not be able to make that record was professionally disappointing. It was absolutely the right call. It was absolutely the right call. I didn't have talking in me. Um, and I didn't want to, you know, lower the quality of an episode. But it was it was a shame to not be able to do that. But at the same time, and I think I've I've talked about this quite a lot on social media over the last few weeks, um, it's okay to not be okay. We say it a lot. It's one of those things that that comes up. And if you are struggling, sometimes it's okay to struggle because you know life isn't always going to treat you kind. Life isn't always going to be easy, um, especially if, like me, you struggle with things like your mental health. And when those things happen, I think what I'm learning is that it's really, really important just to go easy on yourself. It's okay to cut yourself a little bit of slack. And it's okay to just take a step back and say, I need a little bit of time to refresh myself. I need a little bit of time to relax. There might be some things in my life that, you know, things that I enjoy, like this podcast is a prime example of that, something that I love doing, something that I'm proud to be part of something that I take an enormous amount of, of pride in being able to, to give to people on a weekly basis. The concept of being part of it was, was really daunting to me and it made me, it made me anxious. It, it made me scared and it was a horrible, horrible feeling, but it's okay to take a step back from that. It's okay to step away for a little bit. And doing that has, has been enormously beneficial to me. Um, we were having a little chat off camera before we started um, about kind of, you know, how we're doing and kev made a lovely comment and he said you know where i am now compared to where i was just a week ago it's it's an improvement and i feel like he's correct i'm going to accept that and i'm going to acknowledge that i'm going to take that compliment rather than just ignoring it as is my way um and it's it's true and the fact that i've been able to feel a little bit better is down to the fact that i've taken a step back and i've given my time given myself time i needed to be able to do that so i'd also like to very very publicly say that everybody has been wonderful in my absence obviously especially jeb and callum a couple of weeks ago with lelujo kev you've been nothing but a, a source of just kindness and positivity when we've been messaging each other um so thank you lads genuinely i appreciate you both and i'd say it to callum if he was here because of course i would um thank you so much both of you uh you've been kind you've been patient and i really really appreciate you both so thank you lads 
that's a genuine a genuine thank you i'm, I'm really struggling walking the line of sincerity and sarcasm here so i think cheers very well appreciate you no thank sincerity you mate. yeah was there. i felt it rich you've oh, done good thank you very much mate can i just thank say there's Kev. a couple of things i'd like to say firstly one Please. of the biggest amount of respects i have for anybody is when they figure out that they need a moment and they take it and they figure out what they need for themselves so kudos for doing that and figuring that that's what you need I have seen improvements. It's lovely to have you back this week. I hope that there'll be continued improvements because it's not a sort of, oh, Rich is now happy and fine and done and sorted. You know, there's a journey to take. So we continue to do that. My health has absolutely sucked over the last couple of weeks. Here's the rub for you guys. It's a, a real thing just to add to the, you know, we're not always all right, but it's okay. It really sucks to be disabled. <laughs> it really, really does at times. And it's up and down and some days are good and some days are not and all that kind of stuff. But recently it's been a bit sucky, but it's lovely to be here today. It makes a big difference to be able to do something together with a, uh, a bunch of friends and all that kind of stuff. So I'm happy to do that. But yeah, just to reiterate what Rich was saying, it's okay not to be okay. As long as you can sometimes figure out that you need something, whatever that might be, a moment to yourself, whatever, take it use it and hopefully there'll be an improvement but yeah it's not always fun is it not always no. fun it's not Football always manager sunshine, can be most. though <laughs> it absolutely though. can, it, it Some, can sometimes and that's going from Kev. sometimes and yeah. i was going to say <laughs> yeah of all the people in the world it's like no this is actually it's okay it's okay um it's true it is very very true um again i've, I've streamed a lot of it over the last couple of weeks and it's been so cathartic it's been really, really cathartic for me because, you know, getting to throw myself into something um, which has gone significantly better than I thought it was going to in the company of like friends and, and people I like around me as well. It is. It has been a helpful thing. It has been a very, very helpful thing. Um, and what's been really, really nice, especially over the last few weeks as well, is just the kind of the, the levels of positivity from people about the upcoming Football Manager 24. There's a segue. Um, Kev, you underarmed it to me. You just, you just underarmed it, and I've, it's what we do. Segways, we do. It's our business. <laughs> Absolute segways and physical comedy on a predominantly audio <laughs> podcast. It's what we, it's what we excel in. Um, there's been a lot, a lot of FM24 announcements over the last couple of weeks. Obviously, the last time we were all together, there was a roadmap that had been put out by SI. They're like, right, these are all the bits and pieces we're going to start talking about over the next few weeks, and we sat. And as is our want, we wildly speculated over what a lot of those things were going to look like, because that's what you have to do when you create content about something that isn't physically there. You wildly speculate. And as it turns out, in a lot of in a lot of ways, we weren't a million miles away, which I'm as shocked as everybody else is. There's been so much, like, especially over the last couple of weeks, um, the biggest things they've talked about, obviously, we we had ideas of what things might look like with a set piece refresh. Um, that's come out. Obviously, all the updated um, visual information has come out. It's really, really exciting. I mean, I think the the best place to probably start this conversation is with the thing that had us really, really excited a few weeks back. Set pieces. Because, my goodness gracious me, it's, it's like they've... It feels like they've just listened. It feels like they've had people... And they're like, right, what, what is it that the game needs? And they've got a set piece refresh. How do people want to do that? Oh, they've, they've recommended all these different things. Okay, let's just do that. I mean, it looks amazing. It looks absolutely amazing. Um, set piece refresh and coaching debut. 
Jeb, there's there's so much to unpack, but as it's just exciting, right? It, the, the set pieces are finally going to you know represent. You know, we're going to be able to change them. We're going to be able to take a bit, take a bit more control, and that's going to have a massive impact over how people play. Surely, no. I'm, <laughs> no? I'm, okay, I, was really, cool. I was really disappointed by. It. I mean, I think after you did that Celine Dion quote last time, it's just like near far wherever you are. That, that's 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 how set pieces should always be. They shouldn't change. There was no need to change them. They weren't broken. <laughs> cool. Good night, everybody. Okay. So, uh, yeah, no, it's amazing. It really was. It mm-hmm. was everything we hoped for, and actually more. They've, they've mm-hmm. put more and more stuff in. I mean, to the point where you can just go, uh, this is what I want to do with set pieces. Cheers. See you later. That's it. Done. You can do that if you want to. You, you don't have to focus on it. You can almost make it like training, uh, like mm-hmm. some people do with the assistant managers and get them to do everything. Uh, yeah, but the it just added all the bits in that we wanted to. Your different styles of set pieces. You can add in. You can have your little hierarchy of headers and things like that, and it's you can you can get the coaches to decide that for you, or you can do it yourself, which is probably what the majority of people will do. It's I just want to see it in practice now. I'm too eager now. Mm-hmm. I want to see it work. I want to see how it works, where it works, and everything that way. Even the throw-in side of things, you can fix them because honestly, throw-ins are still the biggest frustration. Because like, oh yeah, do a throw, and it's like. You put it on mixed and then they just throw it into the box and it goes to nobody. And it's just not mm-hmm. great. Cool. That, that worked really well. Oh, look, the counter attack. Oh, they've scored. That's the thing that I wanted to see. And it's the one thing that we need to see if we can do it. Can we do these counter attacking corners? We joked about it because I think <laughs> we played the network, say, the, the next day after recording the pod. And I very nearly scored a counter attack. <laughs> and I was like, oh, God, everything's in pieces. But no, they don't really exist currently in the, the current match engine. But hopefully they start to exist in this new one with all the fantastic features that have been put in. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, it's it's one of those things. I'm I'm, I'm going through the, um, the 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 SI announcements at the moment, and it's you know, the way the way they describe it. It's a new flow to your set pieces, and we talked about wanting the in the way that when you set up your individual player roles within your tactic, it's like right. If I want a Segundo Volante, they're like right. I'm going to break that down for you. This is what a Segundo Volante does. These are going to be the the differences whether you have them on support or attack. The same with a Liber, same with wing backs, whatever it may be. This is how it's going to work. Oh, here are some nice little dots that are going to move around and show you what they do on the pitch. I was like, wouldn't it be lovely if they had that for set pieces? Yes. Yes, it would, it, because they're there now and they exist because somebody like me, regardless of how much I like to think I understand football and how I understand tactics and how I understand different approaches to the game, sometimes I just need visual representation. And he's like, right, okay, explain to me the role of a ball-winning midfielder on defence. Now show me that with a picture. Now explain it to me like I'm five. And now explain to me the difference between them support and defend with an extra. Okay, now you've done that for me. Fantastic. I now definitely know what that does. And the fact they've implemented that now for your set pieces. I mean, Kev, do you see, you know, we, we, we all know it's there in your tactic screen, play for set pieces. Mm-hmm. Is that something that do you think is now going to become with, with this level of like intricacy? For your wow. set piece taking, wow. really, really hitting rich. hard. I know exactly. My 10 month save broke because I didn't tick that <laughs> harsh, isn't it? Though, isn't I, it? Though? I wasn't even listening to the question because I was filled with rage. What was the question? <laughs> Too angry, <laughs> just playing for set pieces, Kev. Do you think that's something that people 
Um, yeah. And I've just done inverted commas yeah, with my yeah, fingers yeah. for the audio listeners. Do you think that's something that 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 you, your, your game base is going to be looking to specifically do now? Please, everybody, you can make do it because it, it has a big Please. impact if you don't. But yes, it's going to have a massive impact. Can we just outline uh, a little bit of exactly what they've changed here? Because I'm not sure we've done that for anybody that hasn't read the blog articles, etc. Mm -hmm. So the simple thing that they've done that's not simple, but the simple way of talking about the difference in their new set pieces is. Before, if I had a right-sided central defender who was six foot five and I wanted him on my near post corners so he could head the ball in the back of the net, that's fantastic. But the person that takes over that role, if he becomes not available, is the next person that you put in to that right-sided central defensive role. And he could be five foot nine, but a really great defensively tackling central defender. And all of a sudden, you've now got him on your near post front uh, front uh, post corners trying to head the ball in. And he's not six foot five and doesn't have the heading reach. So you have to move it around every time you make those changes. Simple reality now is it doesn't go by position in your team as to who goes and stands on that near front, uh, near post corner, it's whoever is the next highest person uh, height-wise in your team that's got a good jumping reach and a good heading ability. And you can list those out and it just goes through that list and prioritizes for you who then goes where within your tactical setup. So mm -hmm. after setting it up, in theory, you let it run and it should make those choices for you in, in an AI kind of sense as to who goes where. But there's lots of categories that they look through. So it's those, you know, aerial threats. You've got the box, the attacking the box threats. Who are you going to put in that order on the edge of your penalty box and, you know, um, cycle those players through? You've got recovery defenders are going to be another uh, category where you can isolate which one of those you want to. So, for example, maybe your fullbacks will be your recovering defenders that you always leave back but they are structured in terms of the priority of that, uh, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a huge change in there because it means the minutiae of having to go in and actually literally move everything around that you do every time you make a substitution, et cetera, isn't there anymore. And that's amazing. And on top of that, you then get the uh, assistance of somebody within your coaching staff that's an expert in that, that you can tally up with who you are and what you want to achieve with what their abilities are and get somebody in the game that's going to help you to achieve those. Um, but yeah, I think big time this time around in 24, everybody's going to be trying to make the most of it as big as they can. And so, yes, clicking on that, make the most out of set pieces is going to be vital, I think. The question will be, is have they found a way to balance the whole thing so there's not that one overpowered version that everybody has to use three months into the game. Can you balance it so it's as impactful if you put it near post, far post, top of the box, do it short? And can you rotate round those through the game to keep the defenders guessing so how they've set up their defence doesn't work if you switch to your second routine and it's to a completely different point in the box? Those are the things we need to uh, see how it works. But the idea is amazing and long overdue. Yeah, I'm, I'm mm. quite intrigued because you actually go through the blog post. There's not much mention of the defensive side of it. There's all the attacking, no. all the extra stuff, but there's mm. not there's not actually any representation of the defensive side of things, except you can see defend is an option. Mm -hmm. You can change mm -hmm. it through that. The change of kickers, corner kickers, corner kickers is is really cool as well. So you can have in swingers or out swingers, and they can mm -hmm. left foot or right foot, and it picks it basically based off the the type of corner that you're taking or free kick. It's 
there's lots of exciting things. I said that defensive side of things I want to see a little bit more of. I haven't actually seen the video with the extra gameplay footage in this week, which mm-hmm. I do need to go back and watch, but it might be in there as well. But I think it ju- just needs to show a little bit more on the defensive side because that's that's the other key part of things. The amount of corner goals that you can see, particularly in PvP, you're always going to concede in the post or far post corner. So it's mm-hmm. how that adapts and where that one goes. The, uh, the the other thing that I was quite impressed about, and it was, it was something that we didn't actually mention before, is because uh, we, we've had a couple of weeks off, it's trying to remember what's come out and what's not come out. And mm. those individual player targets and the interaction logic. Congratulations, Rich, on your first international goal. Oh, oh you hate me. How de- yeah. how de- <laughs> who, firstly, who do you think you are? <laughs> Secondly, how dare you? Like, that, that gone. Gone yeah. forever. Which yes. is very exciting, isn't it? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that's going to be it's that's going to be, nice. be the same again, is it? This game, they've <laughs> like, <laughs> taken a lunacy out of it. I don't know. It's, it's a little bit of the lunacy, but it's also the fear of. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to praise this. Yeah. Guy, do you want to do a Do you want to do a team meeting? No, I do not. <laughs> no. <laughs> Never. Team I'm usually all right with. It's always just the. It's always the one where it's like, oh, this guy's got an eight point five, and he's done better than everyone else. I'm going to individually play. How yeah. dare you? How very dare <laughs> yeah. you? Exactly. Oh yeah, I've 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 done post match team talks recently where you know the team has played well, but the strikers in particular have been fantastic. And you like you're like, oh lads, the amount of shots on target you've put on, like what a performance from the the front line today. And they're like, excuse me, mm. go and uh, go go and go and yourself. You, you <laughs> how dare you? How dare you? And you're like, no, that but you were good. You were good, and then the next week they play. You know, they, nobody scores, and you just do a collective. Oh, that wasn't terrible. And they're like, "Yes, cheers, boss. Really, really appreciate it from you." I'm looking forward to that that level of because again, it's it's the because that adds to the storytelling, especially when you're you know five, ten seasons in. You know, if you're one club, if it's a one club save, if you whatever it may be, it just adds to that little story that it builds in your head, um, which is fantastic. I think more of that kind of thing moving forwards. Um, just on the subject of those set pieces, because mm-hmm. I've been having a little read through, and the thing that really, really excites me about it is that you can, when you you can usually set piece coaching, because suddenly there's going to be players in this in the game who have gone from ah, it doesn't really matter if we if we have that if we sign them or play them ever because we could we can you know live without them if necessary. Suddenly, players like, I don't know, just off the top of my head, somebody like an Andy Carroll or maybe like an Oscar Cardozo that you might sign for reasons in a Who save. Would? I know. Um, and then maybe try and keep, you know, maybe try and keep them around as coaches because suddenly they're going to become so, so useful. And it's looking at the way that you can, you set up. I and mean, we talked, you, Kev, you, you quite rightly mentioned that, you know, with the things that the set piece creator and how it's, somebody's going to work out it's going to be the new way of of scoring goals and set pieces. And it's about how you interact and it's how you kind of like try and combat that. From what I, I'm looking at this post here, it's basically about the, the three different options of marking that you can do in the box. You can do zona marking, you can do, oh, excuse me, player marking, like man marking or a mix of the two. Mm-hmm. So it's it's going to be about how you set up your team, how your coaches are kind of instructing your, your players to, you know, what, what training you're doing, how they're instructing, how they're going to improve those players' performances. It also, for me, is going to massively affect one of the things that I don't pay enough attention to when it comes to signing players, and that's how big they are. Like I'm not, I, I don't look at a team and think to myself, I need 
if I've got a team of players who are averaging around 5'10", 5'11", as long as the centre-backs are fairly sizable, I'm probably going to be okay. But now it, I'm, I'm going to be looking at those teams like, right, okay, so I need two big centre-backs. If I'm playing a central defensive midfielder, if I'm going to double pivot, I'm going to want them to be of a certain size because I'm going to need extra beef either in the box from defending these set pieces because I'm going to need... Because if I'm setting up against a team that I've got three players who are 6'2", 6'3", plus then I'm going to need more players because the chances of somebody getting, you know, four big players in the box, people are going to start to work out how to take advantage of that a little bit more because it's no longer going to be Celine Dion, is it? Like, big man on the front post, big man on the back post, some bodies in the middle just in case anything goes a bit weird. You're probably going to be okay. No, the team I'm setting up against, they've got four players at a six foot four. Like, from set pieces, I'm going to concede loads of goals unless I have those options for big lads. It's so what, the way that Mourinho does, isn't it? A little bit. He's mm. often set his teams up to be slightly more dominant physically than opposition mm -hmm. as much as he can, etc. and find some extra heights and stuff. So it's a, absolutely a recognisable way to go. Yeah, definitely. Mm. And I think maybe more prevalent potentially as we move forward. Absolutely. Yeah. Those, those players, that, that extra, you know, three or four inches in height for some players is, is going to have a, a huge effect on their desirability, uh, especially when it comes to things like PVP as well. I think, you know, when it comes to draft mode next year, people are going to be coming up with some crazy, crazy, crazy set piece routines. And suddenly when it comes to your draft pools, you're going to look, you know, you're not going to start to look at your, your stalwarts like, oh, well, this player always, this player always gets picked up, but he's five foot 10. And suddenly that's not going to cut it in the newest, uh, in, in the way that people are going to be playing the game moving forwards. It's a really exciting time because it changes, it changes a lot. I mean, there was, a, there was an old Sheffield Wednesday team going back about 10 years that were affectionately referred to by a lot of fans as the Harlem Globetrotters because everybody, with the exception of, I think, two outfield players, mm -hmm. like the entire squad were like six foot two plus. They were just massive. And it just, it suddenly just adds a completely different dynamic to how you're setting up and how you're playing the game. And suddenly all your set pieces in reality, like they were goal-scoring opportunities. Whereas before, like, oh, it's a deep free kick. It's going to get floated into the box. Somebody's going to knock it clear. They get Who cares? But suddenly it's always going to be a risk. So there's always going to be those chances. So I think it's a very, 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 very good thing. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, Jeb, you know, You've talked about the the you know talked about the player interactions and that kind of aspect to it. You said you've always been quite lucky with team talks, but surely at some point this year you must have had some stinkers. There's got to be that that level of you know you've made a promise to somebody and not necessarily followed through, or they've kind of taken it that you haven't followed through. Is there going to be any aspect of that that you know is going to make a positive impact on how you're kind of setting up, especially your longer term saves for twenty four? Oh, oh, it will do definitely. I think there's. Uh... Yeah. There's a lot of different interactions that you want to have with your players. It's the the team talks are obviously the the ones where it just seems to go wrong. It's the the individual little chats and stuff like that. I think the the varying levels of just they just like lose it on you for no reason whatsoever. I think just just to get rid of that or to make it a little bit more realistic, true to life. Granted, some players might, might not do that. I don't think it'll be an issue until. Uh, new gens come in anyway, as, as we said before, they can't really make players negative because it's getting mm -hmm. sued, probably, in some shape or form. Like, unless it's accurate, and I don't think there's any, I don't think they can put any accuracy in about various people's tempers, etc. So, the yeah, I think the interaction thing's really exciting. The, the other bit that came out on there is, is the actual 
setting players' targets as well. So when they start mm. whinging, oh, I'm not getting enough playing time. It's like, well, do this. The only thing I've got with that is that is that technically a promise if you get the, ask them to do that. So if you say to somebody, you can start more games if you score 10 goals this season, then then you don't play them at all. Does does that work? How does that work? How does that balance out? <laughs> I'd I imagine it, so. Yeah, I guess it's mm-hmm. uh, how do you do... So it'll work out if players are out on loan. So if you go out mm-hmm. and score 10, 15 goals, you can play this many games. It's it's how you, you balance out those promises and how you balance out those different... Uh, targets that you say any players, but it's an exciting way of, of doing things, particularly on the contract negotiations. And, and hopefully, we see those in in those contract negotiations a little bit more because they've been really unrealistic a little bit this year as well. I found mm-hmm. particularly agents. I know agents lie, but agents lie so badly in FM twenty three. It's like, yeah, he he wants twenty grand a week, no more than that, no more than that. Contract negotiations. Can I have thirty grand a week? I'm accepting nothing less. Like, how dare you? So hopefully that interaction also spreads over to agents as well, or your, your mm. various intermediaries, etc. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there, absolutely, there's, there is the scope for it, isn't there? You know, because this year we, we all know, and we, we, we touched upon this a few weeks ago, didn't we? It's the right. I'm managing a club in League One, and I am desperate for this under twenty one from a Premier League club to come in on loan for me. I don't have a huge amount of money. And the club are just standing for, no, we want you to pay 80% of his uh, 20 grand a week wages, plus we want a monthly fee. So, well, if I take better of all of those, if I put in an optional £74 million future fee come the end of the season, they go, oh, yeah, that's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, we'll definitely. You, you've got £74 million, haven't you? You're like, yeah, 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 yeah. Definitely got £74 million. It's like, well, as long as you're sure. And I know you've said optional, but you, you're going to do it, aren't you? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 100% I am. 100%. End of the season, 70 more, 74 million pounds for him. Definitely, definitely going to do that. I mean, it's optional, but I'm definitely going to do that. You get the player, you spend a season with you, and then they're, they're, they're gone again. Like, we've all done it. We're all ashamed. I know I am, anyway. And I think there's, it, it, like you say, Jeff, it's the, it's the concept of those promises, isn't it? It's like, yeah, if you go out on loan to Crawley, if you score 20 goals, you are going to be playing in my first team next season. And they go, okay, yeah, that's going to sound reasonable. But you just know when it comes into that contact negotiation for that loan, you're constantly going to be clicking fringe player, fringe player, fringe player. Don't give them enough minutes. Just don't give them enough minutes. Go the full Griezmann when he was on loan at uh, Atletico a couple of seasons ago, where it's like, right, he's not allowed to come on before the 60th minute. Them's the rules. Like There's, go- there's going to be that. And I say that because I know that that is exactly what I am going to do. Because if there's one thing that I've struggled with recently, it's keeping promises to players. It's something that I I try and make out isn't as big of a deal as it is until it then comes back to to bite me. And in some cases, quite spectacularly. I mean, this week streaming, I've, I've been uh, managing West Ham in a Scandinavian Triple Crown save because of course I have. Um, cool. I didn't I didn't notice... Uh, I didn't notice that the my starting goalkeeper, who I had on loan from Inter Milan, when I arranged his transfer with Inter, I didn't notice that I promised to play him as a sweeper keeper. And I was just playing him as a standard goalkeeper. And I got a couple of messages like, hey, we've noticed you're not playing him in the right role. What's up with that? And I, you keep having to go with the option. Well, he's playing. Just let the, let the boy play. Like we, It's hindering his development. And I was like, he's 23. He's 
pastor he, this is as good as he's going to ever be now let just let it happen um and then i didn't notice that two days before the end of the january transfer window he's got recalled he just into like nope he's coming home we've booked him a plane ticket get him to the airport and i just clicked on okay and i know I, I didn't even have the option they're like no he's coming back and i completely skipped over it because i didn't notice and it's the first time i think it's the first time in a long time that's happened to be in a save where i've not been able to talk somebody around or just be like oh come on and they're like oh we'll keep an eye on this situation we'll never do anything about it and now that they have and now that i've noticed they've started doing that it's definitely again it's going to be something that i have to take into consideration with how i'm playing my longer term saves in fm24 because I was lucky that I had a decent enough backup goalkeeper at West Ham who could come in and kind of like, you know, take the number one jersey and did an okay job. Had he not been there, I would have had to go into the second half of a season where I'm chasing promotion without any kind of quality in goal. Yeah, so it's, who, it's, who would do that? I haven't done that at least twice or three times in this cycle of FM. At no, time. absolutely not. Absolutely not, Kev. Is, again, is that some a, a, a breaking promises things that have occasionally happened to you over your uh, over your twenty three career? Uh, uh, nothing specific, but I have a real, real aversion to having any star player as a mm -hmm. uh, as a hierarchy thing in my squad. I absolutely feel like that's a deal breaker for me just purely because it doesn't allow you the freedom to rotate and, you know, switch around a little bit and all that kind of stuff. So anybody that goes to near star player, unless they're literally the best player in the world, it's kind of a deal breaker for me because I don't want those issues. I am a very, very non-confrontational person. And I really, I think it kind of uh, goes through to the way that I play football manager as well. I have so many people, a couple of specific guys in my chat that I can think of that are much more ruthless and much more in your face about how they play the game and what they're wanting to achieve and how they're going to go about it. And to be too, uh, totally truthful, they're probably more successful overall at the game because of it. I think mm. I'm a little bit too nice in the end. Don't like conflict, so I'm not going to upset anybody. But it, yeah, anything that changes those random messages you get about upsetting players by telling them how great they are, I'm all for that. Get that out the game. Mm -hmm. Onwards we go. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Anything to make life a little bit easier. Anything to make uh, things a little bit, more, a little bit more manageable. Um, one of the, again, one of the things that I've noticed recently, they've they've put a bit of information about giving key information in staff meetings. Now, if there's one thing <laughs> that I don't think anybody does, is go to monthly staff meetings. Uh, if when if when you join a new club, if you're not clicking. Monthly meetings. If you ask for them weekly or fortnightly, then I'm I'm sorry. Then you know we we've talked about the fact that there's no right or wrong way to play a football manager, but there's you know, in some aspects, there are definitely wrong ways to play a football manager. Like, but suddenly the fact that you're going to get the opportunity to like you know because you're going to be making promises to players, obviously you're going to have the opportunity to be monitoring those you know monitoring their progression, monitoring monitoring their development. If they're not succeeding, then backroom staff are going to need to know realistically speaking jeb do you see yourself attending how often be honest over the course of a season how many monthly meetings are you going to not many uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's a couple of things that they've brought out and they've, they've done refreshes to uh, i think the squad plan is another one mm -hmm. how much are you realistically going to touch your squad plan hopefully it's 
a little bit more interactive and it's you, you can do various things with it this time looking at the post that went out very late this week the but meetings just you don't really need them sometimes i mean i'm quite a hands-on manager anyway for most of the stuff so i'll take control of train i'll take control of set pieces and do the majority of the stuff i won't touch the under 18s or the under 23s or yeah, your reserve squad i won't go as far as that but the staff meetings you can go through this just how repetitive they've become and i think that's what they need to do i like the summary at the end to be fair because it just goes right this is what we advise usually it's the training stuff and i go yeah sure we'll do all that training that's fine but yeah i don't think i'll sit through the meetings as such it's almost hopefully they might they might be completely revamped and like have amazing things said all about them and they might do worlds of wonder if you keep attending them and all things like that but i think once you get into procedural once you get into like your second season or the second half of the season they'll just start to become a, a skip thing unfortunately again mm. because sometimes you just don't want to play the game that that intensely you just want to get to the football in football manager rather than <laughs> sitting in meetings or meetings about meetings hello okay. recruitment meetings <laughs> so yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh who doesn't love it who doesn't love a good recruitment meeting we're like oh no sorry your your star player doesn't necessarily fit the squad planner so i think you should transfer list him no i'm i'm not going to do that that's 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 the no that's 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 definitely a no um again exactly the same thing um i've towards the end of last week i've, I've taken a, another new job in my not very scandinavian triple crown anymore and the first thing they recommended me doing was transfer listing two of the best players uh at my new club is manchester city uh they finished fifth and pep got sacked so i took over at manchester city just for funsies because i want to try and win a premier league title and straight away they were like oh, phil foden doesn't really fit your tech i think we should transfer list him um erling harland he doesn't really fit the role that you want him to play in this. So I think we should transfer list him. I'm probably not going to transfer list either of those players, but thank you very much for your suggestion. It's It's been taken on board. Like, right, terminate staff contracts, terminate staff contracts, because they don't know what they're talking about. But it, but again, it's that level of interaction. Hopefully it's the kind of thing where if they can say, hey, we think you should do this. If you can feasibly turn around and say, no, actually, I disagree with you wholeheartedly, and I think you should. Yeah, it's those kind of surely that ignoring that advice or disagreeing with that advice should have a longer term effect on how your coaching staff choose to interact with you and how your coaching, you know, and the advice and things they'll come to you with in the longer term. You know, if they've, if I think, how, how frequently is it where you'll get somebody say, oh, I think we should start to develop so-and-so's weaker foot. You're like, I don't really think there's any point to that because he's 32 years old and he's getting transfer listed tomorrow. But then next month, he's still at the club. I really think we should start developing his weaker foot. And after you said no to it three or four times, you would hope that they come back to you and say, they realize that actually that isn't something he's necessarily interested in doing. But it's that, like I say, Jeb, it's that repetitiveness. And that's that, that can be, that that's the off-putting thing. Can, I mean, can, you know, I, can I be the downer here? Because I mean, it's my natural absolutely. personality type is to be down on everything and, and not positive at all. But on this particular occasion, I think for the three of us and for probably quite a few of the people that listen to us ramble on about FM on our podcast, I don't think they can do anything to change the fact that halfway through the cycle, we will be bored to tears with the interactions that we have to go through in meetings. I genuinely don't think there's anything they can do because we play this game to death. 
And ultimately, mm -hmm. that means that halfway through the cycle, we'll have seen everything, heard everything, replied to everything, found the way that it works, and just not want to do it as much in the same way. Unless, and this is the key, it has an impact. Now, what we've seen over the last few iterations of the game is that you can quite rightly, in a lot of ways, upset your players by not playing them or playing them in the wrong place or, you know, uh, finding them for nothing or whatever. You can do all sorts of things. If you can do the same to your staff and it causes the same issues in terms of they're not feeling like they're listened to or, you know, whatever it might be within the interactions you've got, then maybe there's a reason to do some of these things. But until there is... I think there'll be a lot of people that just switch them off and carry on regardless. I think. Mm. Yeah, the, the, yeah. No, it's 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 a fair point, isn't it? Because again, how frequently over the course of a save, um, like because occasionally you'll see uh, when it comes to hiring staff, for example, when I start at a new club, I will assess what's there, and that's when you kind of go into it. Right, okay, I've got space for eight coaches, and the club has four. I'll go out and I'll look for four new coaches, whether that's just actually looking at who's unemployed, whether that's placing the job adverts, because I do like a job advert. And more often than not, I if I do that and I put a job advert out for, for I need um, I need a new physio. Uh, whoever comes back in the news article that pops up as soon as you get the, uh, the applicants come back, there's always a news article. Oh, Darren Smith is desperate for the physio physio role at Burton Albion you're like oh, I'll give it Darren Smith because he really wants it Darren Darren's keen so Darren gets the even though he's not no, he's not going to be the most qualified physio he'll have a, a he can't even rating. hold a sponge Darren Smith he can't he? even hold a sponge he um yeah he 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 has to wear armbands uh, yeah. when he picks up the magic sponge in case he, he falls in the deep end um but I'll give him the job because God loves a tryer, you know? And that's that's the way it works. Those negative coaching interactions, because like after that, I'm very, very rarely involved in, in the hiring and firing of staff. Um, but if you're having those negative interactions, when the clubs start coming, it's almost like having an, a, a, an upset player. Like if you've got a really, really talented attacking coach and you're just falling out with him, if another club come in and they're like, oh, we, we want to we offer him a contract... How often, realistically speaking, when a club comes in for one of your backroom staff, it's in my experience anyway, it's not very often they actually leave. Even if you do a hey, you should stay here. And you know, it those conversations in my experience are very much like, oh, you've just scored your first international goal. It's like, oh, Stockport want you to go and become the new attacking coach, but I really like you and I think you should stay here because we're nice and we get on really well. And you've How been dare here for you. six years. How <laughs> who do you think you are trying to influence my decision? How dare you? I've been here for 12 years. How dare you? I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking my armbands and my magic sponge and I'm leaving. Um, but then they don't, but then they stay. And it, there's no negative impact to that side of the game. I genuinely can't remember the last time I lost a staff member. Like, even when you're hiring a coach, and they're like, oh, you have to put in a waiving managerial compensation for me because you never know, somebody might want, might want me to be a manager. You're like, sure, because it's never going to happen. And again, in my experience, it never has. But with the new focus on player interaction and the new focuses on the behind the scenes, the dialogue and everything else... I want the opportunity to fall out with a coach and I, I want to have to, you know, I want there to be a long-term impact to that because it's, 
again, well, it's realism, isn't it? How, how would it change the way that you? Oh, that's probably not the right way, but we'll go with it anyway. How how would it change the way that you play if literally if you failed to show up and go through, let's say, three team meetings, uh, three um, pre-team meetings in a row, <laughs> your board of directors actually come to you and give you a consequence of actually you're not doing your job? Would it change? what you would want to do, how you would want to do your enjoyment of football manager if you were forced to do them, sort of? Um, I think it, I, honestly, I think it depends on, for me, in that context, it depends on what the long-term implications are. Like, I don't necessarily think it would be a boardroom issue, but if not frequently attending those meetings, for example, or having those negative interactions with your coaching staff, if that then, like, so if you build a really, really solid backroom team at a club, like I say, if I bring in a really, really good attacking coach and we don't necessarily have a good relationship, and if you're not doing things like going to meetings or having that one-on-one -on -one interaction with them, and that can potentially detrimentally impact your relationship with that coach, if they're then looking to leave and go to a rival team, I don't want to strengthen a rival team's backroom staff with you know, a high quality attacking coach that, you know, is especially with the way that you can say, you know, can set players goals and in setting players goals this with this FM, you can, you know, you can, if you were like, right, I want you to score 15 goals this season. And then you can set up and, you know, get your best attacking coach, set them up working with that player. And if they suddenly start scoring more goals, then to an extent you would imagine that would be due to the behind the scenes, the coaching and the training. If it's going to have that kind of impact, then I don't want to lose that player. So if that meant that I had to go to more meetings or I had to have more, like it's something that I would potentially do because that's having a direct impact on the way I play the game. I don't do press conferences. I know loads of people that don't bother with press conferences at all. And it doesn't really have any, like, I've never noticed, and if there's anybody out there who does every single press conference and skips one and then gets pumped 7-0, like, let us know, please, because to, to my knowledge, and I don't know if the two of you are the same, I've never had any kind of negative outcome of not going to press conferences, getting my assistant to do press conferences. So... Yeah, the only, the only problem with sending your assistant is when your, your striker scores for the first time in... 20 games or something stupid he goes oh he's better than Erling Haaland that, that's usually the one that, that's usually the one where I, I need to sack him I need to get rid of him yeah. he's, he's, he's he's delusional he's lost lost the plot but could you imagine if you lost your job because you didn't go to TV like to a staff mm. but in theory it is part of your job isn't it yeah yeah exactly you know, it could, really could, in could theory, you imagine the outroar if if one of the <laughs> to be fair if one of the big streamers did it did it let's say it was Ben yeah. or Jack or something like that it'd be hilarious and everybody would mm -hmm. love it. But if it happened to you, you built a complete dynasty at a club and stuff like that, and then you didn't go up to two staff meetings, you just got sacked, and that was the end of the run. <laughs> Everything yeah. that you built up was all because you didn't go to a couple of staff meetings. It's yeah, it's getting the balance right to make it enjoyable for the players, like. Mm. And, yeah, it's, it's difficult, and there's only so many of these interactions and things that you can go through, and you do have the option just to delegate everything out and avoid it. You can also just get rid of staff meetings completely. I only found this out recently, but I, st I still have the monthly requests for some reason the inbox. I usually apply most of the training things that they advise, and then they'll come back the next month and go, actually, take that off. That was stupid. Like, but the, the, the one that, that always annoys me is when they recommend staff members to you because you click on it and it goes, oh, this guy should be a rec recruitment consultancy. 
click on him and he's, he's analyzing data too. <laughs> like, <laughs> why are you recommending to me? Right, get rid of you, sack you. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe <laughs> you go ruthless that way. Maybe you go full Alex Ferguson and just change your assistant manager every single year because you want somebody <laughs> new to come in. I mean, there's yeah. been. It'd be interesting to see if there is those like spectacular fallouts that have happened over football. So like uh, Brian Clough and uh, I cannot remember Frank. No, what's not Frank Clark? What's his name? I've completely forgot his name. But yeah, his uh, his assistant that was Roger Taylor. Not Roger Taylor. He's a drummer. He's, he's, he's a Taylor. Taylor. He's drummer from Queen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah big big follow of Roger Taylor from Queen. Frank, very famously. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't wow. agree with the drums in We Will Rock You. And look who was right, Brian Clough. Oh, always, <laughs> always, always cluffy. Always, always and forever. Yeah, so mm. yeah, but it's interesting to see if those bits come up as well. So, those little, even if you just like have, I've seen those rivalries and stuff like that. I think, I can't, I think it's in my Pescara say I've got one rival, it's a player that's in my club, and that's it. <laughs> the players <laughs> But it's yeah, if you can build up those rivalries and if they end up at other clubs like, like for example, Pep and his assistant Arteta now, uh, they're obviously mm. gonna play each other today. He's also got his other assistants gone to Leicester. Is if those little things happen as well, and they they become little parts of your narrative of your story, that'd be amazing. Mm. But it's like I said, there's only so many press conferences, meetings, and things you can do before it becomes mm. I'm just doing a job now. <laughs> like mm. yeah, I don't Oh yeah, that that hundred percent. Like I, I always the only press conferences I tend to do are if I've signed a new player that's going to be getting a fair few minutes for me over the course of a season. Because sometimes you see those, it can have a, a positive impact on the player's morale, and it's good to get that up because it, you it's got it under me. It's going to drop like guaranteed. That morale is going to plummet very very quickly. Um, but yeah, it's it's nice to do those. But it would again, it would be nice if there was a more realistic way of again like tracking your relationship with other managers for example because that's another thing that i've noticed that seems a bit arbitrary um again i've my, my issues with some of the promises i made to my loan signings with my my not scandinavian save anymore and you're clicking through and it'll come up it's like oh um i think it was i signed uh center back konza from leeds on loan and they're like, oh, we're desperate for him to play as a uh, ball-playing defender. I'm like, I don't use one of those in my system, but I'll sign him anyway because he's going to cost me literally nothing for six months when I needed some cover. And then a couple of months in, the Leeds manager comes to you and he goes, oh, you're not playing him as a ball-playing centre-back. Like, and that's that's what you said you were going to do. And you're like, you just click on, well, he's playing enough. He's getting minutes. And then they come back. It's really going to affect his development. But this way, like, he's 31 now. He's not developing. That's just, just give that one up. And you're like, no, he's playing. And that's all there is to it. And then it comes back. And it's the first time I've seen the messages. And it's like, oh, but I thought we were friends. Like, are we? <laughs> Based on, like, I've never interacted with you before. Like, Ben, this is the first time I've played in England. So I've never interacted with anybody from Leeds. I've go back and I've checked his managerial history and I think he's a, he's a new gen manager, so he's never managed anywhere. What? Where's this come from? Where's this weird friendship? Where's this really weird parasocial relationship that you've built up between us? Where has that come from? If there's a way of like tracking how those relationships develop, I'd really, really like that as well. Because again, that would... Because again, we know you can burn bridges because a lot of the time, again, I've seen it a lot over the last season. I've managed to be like, well, I'm really going to have to 
think about if I'm going to loan players out to you in the future. Like, <laughs> jokes on you. There is no future in this save. Um, I've had you there. Pulled your pants down. But if it's something that, again, like if there's a way of tracking those relationships and those developments and how that happens, again, like I say, it, it's adding to that narrative. It's adding to the story you're telling in your own little football manager universe, isn't it? And I think that's that's only going to encourage, that's only going to help because, you know, it's it's immersion, isn't it? It's You throw yourself into your FM saves. And I think kind of any, any kind of thing you can do to add to that level of immersion and enjoyment is only a good thing. So we like that kind of thing. We like that. I do anyway. I, I want do. them to bring back uh, the bits where you could just say something negative. You could just go into any manager and click on them and just say whatever you wanted about them. <laughs> or of the five options. But yeah, you can't do that anymore. You can't just go, right, I'm just going to go out and target somebody. Almost playing like the, the old school Sir Alex Ferguson mind games where you, mm -hmm. you just say mm -hmm. something about somebody flippantly and they lose it. Hello, Rafa Benitez. Uh, but yeah, <laughs> those, type, those type of things. It's uh, If you can go back and do them, that would be good. But then also, obviously, you can get a little bit unrealistic. I think I went to do it the other week when you took over at Man United on the network safe, but I couldn't do it. Mm. So it's a bit of a shame. That's a shame. Yeah. It is a shame. That's happened, by the way. I'm Manchester. Yeah, I still am not over safe. that. Yeah. <laughs> Neither am I. Neither am I. Neither am I. We've again, we've not networked for a little while, and I, yeah, I've got, I've got concerns. I've got concerns. I don't think I'm going to do particularly brilliantly there. Hopefully, it's improved. Sorry. Apart from my math, oh, my math is fantastic now. Again, but I'm not sure if it is. I'm really not sure if it is. Um, that was, that was, yeah. Tre things that have trebled and doubled again it's none of us can really know none of us can count that high it's not physically possible to understand numbers to that level i'm not carol forderman you're really back. not no, no. <laughs> i'm really not and i never will be with this attitude either I'm, i feel like i'm really holding myself back it's behind me i'm just gonna instead of these pictures and some shirts i'm gonna get a big whiteboard and just gonna start just just doing maths midstream there we go that's the direction my content needs to go in that'll help fantastic um i guess the only other thing we should probably thing we really do need to talk about in terms of fm24 is as well as all the you know the, the backroom stuff we've seen like the, the the set pieces and your interactions and everything else the actual presentation of the game because we've seen you know over the last week we've seen the, seen the updates and the videos um you know it looks really nice Mm -hmm. I think we can I think we can collectively agree. Again, I've never been, you know, there's we all know for years and years and years now there's been the FM isn't pretty enough argument. You know, there's there's a, a large pool of people who are like, right, this needs a massive graphic overhaul. It at least needs to look way, way, way nicer. It doesn't look nice enough, and that should be something that they're focusing on. And we know that FM25 comes with a brand new match engine. We know that that's been announced already. You wouldn't expect a huge amount of changes for FM24, but when you, when they show like the FM23 and 24 comparisons, it looks really nice, doesn't it? Like I'm not I'm not over-egging that, right? It looks no, no, good. It does. And there's a yeah. there's a real lesson in here uh, for anybody that wants to do content, creating content on YouTube or Twitch or whatever. There's a real lesson in here because what have they actually done in terms of the visual presentation of their match engine for 24? They've improved the lighting. That's what they've basically done. And it's the same for a content creator. If the first thing you're thinking about is I need to upgrade my camera, don't upgrade your lighting. 
before you upgrade your camera because it will make a big difference. It's the same here. They've done a, a really good job of freshening it up. It looks brighter, more vibrant, more interesting. Uh, the, uh, there's a, a little bit more quality in terms of things like the grass that you're playing on looks a little bit more detailed, etc. But a lot of it is in the lighting, and I'm all for that. So uh, it was a really good little upgrade that they could make bearing in mind that this time next year we'll be talking about brand new everything within that aspect of the game so yeah fair play to them that one it looks really really nice mm -hmm. absolutely you know it's is that there's going the new weather conditions that kind of thing which again like if it visually if again it's that immersiveness isn't it you know that when you start to get into towards the winter fixtures like i want i want a nice bit of fog I want some snow. I want a yellow ball. Give me all of those things. Because, again, it just doesn't – I again, I very, very rarely see it. Even when I was managing in Scandinavia, very, very rarely saw, like, adverse weather. I know there's big kind of breaks, kind of winter breaks they have over there, probably because of that. But still, like, I want, I want a little bit more. And it just sharpens it up a little bit, doesn't it? Like, it, it feels nice. And it feels like – we've talked about this before – with the FM25 announcements that have already come out, I think Callum has said this on a quite a few occasions, to FM24 could have almost just been a free hit. Like, ah, just chuck it out. It is what it is. It's a placeholder. It's just something that's going out there. But, but like, Jeb, like, do you reckon they've done it? Like, the, the interest that the game has garnered and like, the positive reaction for the community over the last couple of weeks since they've started making these big announcements, do you reckon that it, it almost feels like they've gone a little bit above and beyond? Yeah, definitely. But the... Uh, the the three things that I'm looking out for, uh, mm -hmm. two, three, maybe four. Yeah, four. Brick mm -hmm. wall, <laughs> two ambulances, mm -hmm. the food vans, mm -hmm. and what was the other one? Uh, oh, uh, the, the wheelie bins. Yeah. Have they mm -hmm. gone or have they been improved or are they not as generic as they are in the corners of smaller stadiums? <laughs> have they improved that? Because you can't see it in any of the videos so far because they've got full, big rounded stadiums at the moment if they got rid of them mm -hmm. brilliant they've made amazing improvements this is it it's the best game ever i reckon uh, they're all gonna be there yeah, yeah exactly it's now it's now three ambulances yeah. and they've uh but they've, they've got the, they've got the lights lit. on <laughs> no no actually it's it's two ambulances and there's another ambulance but it's actually a food truck there it's go. got a brick wall built around it so that, that's what they've done <laughs> and there's a big wheelie bin attached to it it's just one big trailer that's what they've done there mm -hmm. but no <laughs> <laughs> That's how it should go. But no, I think, yeah, no, they've done the stuff that they've said and all the stuff that's coming in is amazing. It's just that early access needs to come now. Quicker and quicker. Obviously, we're two weeks out, maybe one week out. We don't know because they put a tweet out and then deleted it quickly. Uh, we'll see. We'll see where we go with it. But I think, I think the proof is in the pudding, which you can get mm -hmm. from the food truck, which is in an ambulance. <laughs> behind a brick wall you have to scale three wheelie bins <laughs> over the brick wall but then once you're in there you can't get out if anything they've called the marketplace even if even if they just did it with the brick wall and they just had some like yobs stood on it watching the game for free or something like, or like halfway through you just see one climbing up it just like with a ladder on the other yeah. side or even if you just got the, the, the bit where they're just like that just just looking <laughs> over it so you just see the top of the head and some hands. There you go. There's there's something for the FM25 match engine. Yeah, exactly. Just just <laughs> yeah. adding those bits, or even if you've got like the, an apartment block like that's in the corner of the the stadium, and you've got people just sat on the balcony watching the game or something, something just to add a little bit of immersion. Yeah. I mean, FM25. 
Am I right in thinking Fulham are putting a swimming pool on top of their new stand? Did I imagine this? <laughs> I, I no think idea. they are. Oh, yeah, yeah, exactly. Makes makes nothing but sense. I cannot sure. wait for that yeah. in FN25. Just just people are having a casual swim while you're playing the game. Kev's <laughs> yeah. still weird. there in the network save and we're yeah. carrying it on into FN25. That's <laughs> yeah. going to be amazing. <laughs> that is weird. It's like, there's no dugout. There's just a pitch side infinity pool that Kev can just, uh, <laughs> just hang out in. Imagine, oh, that'd be fantastic. There we go. Write oh, that F- down by SM25. All three of us will have been offered the Man United job, I reckon, because you know they've changed twice in the last season. Rich, you're in trouble. Um, I'm not keeping that, I'm not keeping that job in the long term. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, definitely not happening. Definitely so, there's, there's happening. a couple of other little bits that I uh, really want to point out within what we're talking about mm-hmm. here on the FM24 stuff. Uh, one is the ball mechanics. I really like the uh, what they've shown. Mm. It's only real, very, very small, small snippets, but it's that random thing, right? If you get, bear with me, I'm going with somewhere here, somewhere with this. If you get into your car and you start your car up and you drive down the road, you know that if somebody else has been sitting in your car and doing, you know, move the seat, move the mirror, you automatically know something doesn't feel quite right because it's your habit streams and all that stuff. There is something about watching the new ball mechanics that I sat there when I first saw it and I thought something is different. It feels different. And I think what it is, it's that little thing of if you watch uh, the little video that they put out about the ball mechanics, there's a ball that comes across from the far side and they uh, they float it over to the near side for somebody to take. And there's that, uh, the arc of the ball is slightly different, but the the way in which it moves is different in terms of there is a float to it that I don't think was there for a while. It seems to slow down for a minute and then reach its target. There's just something in the ball mechanic. So watch out for that. I may be completely wrong, but it's what it made me feel was Hmm. there something different in there. The other thing that I want to talk about very briefly is the player positions and the player roles that you've now got. The new player role of uh, inverted fullback is going to be interesting. Uh, the fact that Libero, you can now play in a couple of different positions and the different formations at the back is going to be interesting. Uh, but they talked about um, everything in terms of player roles and how the AI of players interact with each other. And so there's a priority system of if I'm going to move into the de- uh, defensive midfield role as a libero or whatever it is, and my inverted wing, uh, my inverted fullback is going to do the same thing, they're, they're probably both not going to do that, they're, you know, because mm-hmm. they're going to prioritize and figure that some of that. I really like it. But all of the emphasis, as Jeb said right at the beginning of our conversation, all of the emphasis is look at John Stones. He can move out from defence and go and sit in midfield and do things. I don't care about that. I want to know how defensively my team's structures and plays better. One of the biggest frustrations I've had with 23 is defenders are stupid and attackers are really intelligent. The fact that you can play two central defenders and a halfback and your halfback drops in, but when he goes back into midfield, your central defenders stay so wide and leave a massive gap through the middle and your single striker just goes, I'll have that then, drives me to distraction. They're not intelligent enough and everything that we've seen is from the attacking perspective. And I want to know that defenders are going to be intelligent. That's my biggest lookout. But 
there's so much positivity in here. They've done a brilliant job, I feel, of drip feeding their information out in the way that they have, picking the right features, uh, you know, uh, right the way at the beginning and talking about transfers and being able to potentially move your deadwood out of your club in a better way and all stuff will make a big difference with how we play the game and all sorts of other things. There's loads of positivity, but give me better defenders. It's like seeing all the positivity from the, the community and then the... The big, the big streamers, as we keep referring them to, from mm-hmm. Zealand and uh, Lelujo, Ben, Jack, that everyone's excited about, it and that, that's amazing. One thing I've got an issue with the uh, the updates is stop talking about Man City. I know you yeah. got a partnership with them. <laughs> yeah, I don't care about what John Stones does or like. Is it going to work do. in yeah. the Panorama oh, National? That's yeah, the question. John Stones <laughs> is the first player to ever play as a central defender and come forward to be a defensive midfield. No, that's rubbish. Yeah. That's absolute <laughs> that's rubbish. Like it's it's things. Yeah, I'm like Pep Guardiola is has revolutionised doing this, this, and this. Like, cool. Mm. That's one. Like you probably will alienate some really passionate Man United. Liverpool, Arsenal fans sure. as well, and I'm just referring to them. But I guess they've got to do those partnerships as well. So I understand they, mm. they are as well. I mean, yeah. That's announced. the thing, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But The, pa- the make- partnership's in, in place, and this is specifically how Guardiola sets up his defence. Yeah. And he's like, well, now, now that he's doing it, and now there's yeah. a light being shone on it, we have to make sure that you can replicate the way that Pep sets up a team. Yeah. But like just I say, pep. It, like, just pep, nobody just, else. Just pep, yeah. just pep. No, nobody else. No, nobody else. Like right, I'm. Like, doesn't matter for me. Some four, four. It gets suspicious. Yeah, yeah. When Man-, Man City win the league ten times in a row and everybody's safe because <laughs> you just can't get past them. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Every now and then you just get a nice little surprise team pop up. Yeah. Like oh, and well, they have yeah. didn't see, didn't see that coming. Yeah, they have the centre back libero role, but the defensive midfield role is just called John Stones. <laughs> that's, that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. What's this one? Barnsley Beckenbauer. Just uh, oh, that's fantastic. Yeah, get him in. Yeah. That makes nothing but sense. No, yeah, there's there's a there's a lot of really, really exciting stuff there. I, I was having a quick read through some of the bits of especially the ball physics that Kev was talking about. One of the things I, I love, and again, specifically how this is implemented, because you somebody out there. Hopefully, could, could the manager seat, Lama, can you do this? Because you'll do a really good job of it. Um, one of the things they've pointed out is things like not only weather condition, but altitude of your stadium is going to affect ball movement. So basically, everybody, like the, the clear winner here is everyone just chooses West Brom because, you know, highest above sea level in the country, in the Midlands, so not great weather-wise. And I just want to see, I, I want to see, I want, basically, every time somebody takes a free kick, it's going to be like they're using like the Jabalani from like the from the 2010 World Cup because the ball's going to be all over the shop, um, and the Hawthorns is going to be rocking more of that kind of thing. I, I, I say I don't specifically know how it's going to work in terms of like you know the higher and lower altitudes and how noticeable it's going to be, but suddenly, if playing for set pieces. With West Bromwich Albion because of the height of the stadium. If, if, if that's the way to go, then kind of in. I'm kind of all in on that content. Um, and some of the little animations as well, like the talk about the deflections. Because yep. you don't, you know, when you see deflected goals, you always feel hard done by. Um, and the one thing I really liked was the volleys into the ground. It's just a really satisfying animation, isn't it? It's just nothing more than that. It just looks nice, like aim low bang it into the ground and hopefully get an awkward bounce over the goalkeeper. Mwah. Love that. 
absolutely love that. I'll tell you what, fellas, one of the things we haven't really talked about, and I think if we start talking about it, it might then lead on to a conversation about something else. Mm -hmm. It's one of the more recent announcements. Um, when you are setting up your save now, when you're setting up your when you're setting up your save with your new club on FM24, you've got some options about the universe that you are walking into in terms of transfers prearranged or otherwise. Like suddenly, again, because there are going to be some clubs that you can have, you know, that you can create completely different universes with compared to where they are now, compared to where they were two or three months ago at the start of the summer transfer window, for example. I, it's that in and of itself is pretty cool, right? We like the idea of that. Definitely, yeah, very mm -hmm. uh, absolutely. So, um, what are the three options that you have? They are uh, original, real world, and your world. When you set, mm -hmm. set up a game, aren't they? The, the thought that mm -hmm. um, so there's, there's going to be basically one scenario where everything that's happened already in football is going to be in the game and ready to go on day one. Uh, the next option is that. If some of those things are happening, but the start date that you have chosen is pre some of those happening, they are going to happen, but they will drip feed when those dates show up. And then you get the third option, which is basically scrap everything that happened in this transfer window and you get last season squad pretty much and you get to spend the money that they've spent this summer. And just that opportunity to do things differently, depending on which club you're going to, what the scenario is and all that kind of stuff, it's going to be really fantastic. I, think. I love those little things that once you've done it, once you've set your game going, will make no massive difference after that point. But just that little moment of a choice to be made is a fantastic thing. I love that. Mm -hmm. It's yeah, it's, it's going to have such an impact on the way that people set up saves with certain clubs. Like I was reading an art, one of the articles I was reading um, this morning before before we met up. It was talking about things like transfer budgets for certain clubs, and it was listing a bunch of the bigger Premier League Premier League sides, for example. And you look go to like an Arsenal, and they're like, oh yeah, they're an Arsenal. They've got a transfer budget of twenty five million pounds. You're like, well, hang on, that in in modern football, that's not a twenty really. That's maybe a third of a decent striker. But then you actually stop and you look at the money they've spent on players in reality over the summer. You're like, oh, actually, hold on. If I set up my universe differently, if I set up this save differently and the transfer window has never happened, then that £25 million is going to be close to, like, you know, £150 million. Mm -hmm. And that is a striker and a half. Like, it's it's really, really going to change how, how people are doing things because it just – you could have three – you could have three saves with the same club but have three completely different experiences across the board um, with those teams, which I think is very, very cool. Um, I mean, Jeb, you pitched an idea to us a few weeks ago about what we do um, in the beta. And based on kind of those the discussions about how you can set up and what you can do with different teams, and we've kind of collectively had a little bit of a, a, a an agreement between the three of us and technically also Callum because um, it's in our Discord, and uh, <laughs> he, he now knows. Um, I mean, what, what are we thinking, Jeb, in terms of maybe a collective beta save? Well, the first thing I'm thinking is Steve Hood, uh, 
Omega Luke, you've got some competition coming because everyone's going to want to do a rebuild. Everyone. <laughs> <laughs> also, how far can you go back? Can Jude Bellingham actually sign for Liverpool now, or is that just completely out of question? Can Can you get back to that preseason season before it comes before July? He's, he's still at Birmingham. Um, yeah. They haven't retired a shirt number yet. <laughs> even better, even better. Yeah, I mean, the world's best player. Can we get him? Uh, yeah. So we we put a couple of well, we put a couple of ideas together. We thought about Leon, maybe a rebuild over in there because they're just falling apart in France, unfortunately. But they really haven't got any money and they've really done the exciting transfers. We looked at Frankfurt because they've got a lot of money in for Colin Moani. So we've got a bit of money to spend, a bit of Europa, I think, Conference League. Union Berlin with uh, Benucci, which is exciting and still still baffling. But, yeah, <laughs> but they are in the yeah. Champions League. And he's also suing Juventus, which is just brilliant. Just awesome. How's that, how's that work in the game as well? But I think we ultimately sat, settled on and I think, I don't know which way we're going to play it, but I think Chelsea's the obvious one. Mainly because I just want to go to Chelsea and go, who are you? Who are yeah. all these? Because I watch, I watch them every single week currently. And somebody comes on, I was like, who? Who's that? I've like, never heard of them. Because like, they've just signed so many players. So I think, uh, are we playing to the, the your world side of things and start, are we just mm-hmm. you know, that way? So... We might have Unkunku, but that's probably about it. Actually, he won't be injured either, so that's a good little start to the season. Also, we can't call it beta, it's early access. It's important to say gotcha. early access, because if early it's in access. beta, that means they might change things, but they don't, so they might make slight changes. I am, I am yeah, never yeah. going to remember to do that. Early access, and it's also... It's also <laughs> no, I am beta, I'm not beta. Yeah, well, no, beta. <laughs> yeah exactly. But uh, yeah, so Chelsea is our selection. We have told Callum. Let's see yeah. if he obeys Corey it. Callum. We don't know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we might be doing it offline because of why baby on the way, etc. But we mm-hmm. shall see. Uh, but yeah, Chelsea is our choice, and then we push on to FM twenty four full fat things. But I don't think we're ready to discuss them yet because I don't know what I'm doing yet. So still, <laughs> you I have I have a map. With several places on, but I don't know how I'm deciding from that map. I think my idea is probably to put them all into FM23 database, give them all the same level of squad, and they just have a little competition on FM23. So we'll see from there. But I need nice. to get, uh, get you gonna a make... few more teams in there because some of them are very scary. <laughs> I, don't I, don't, I don't want to end up at some of them, but it's whoever wins, I guess. No. If I, you know what you've got to respect you've got to respect the uh the system yep you know you can't just it's there for the rules are there for a reason you have to respect the outcome of the competition uh where teams will fight for your love oh um, my uh my, my other option was and i think i'd mentioned this in your chat the other day is to go full heel turn and just go and manage richmond uh, Hampton and Richmond because they're the closest club in <laughs> Conference League South to Slough. <laughs> nice. That'll show him. Yeah. That'll show. Yeah, just, just Wickham, just yeah. just Wickham Wanderers. Yeah, like yeah. The, the Wickham or the Swindon lot, that'd be obvious. But they're League Two. I need to make it at that level. So that's, that's mm-hmm. at least respect. That. <clears throat> Fantastic. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. And then you know, for, form a relationship with the club. Um, yep. And then <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's how it works. And then, you know, by FM26, every single member of the podcast has an affiliation to a club on the outskirts of London playing in the uh, playing in the Valderrama. It's perfect. It's perfect. It's, it's I think it's the Valderrama. 
The Carlos Valderrama. Yeah, the Carlos Valderrama. He's the new sponsor of the league. <laughs> wow. Um, everyone just gets a massive wig. Yeah. That's just that's just how it works. Yeah, everyone I haven't gets done a, a massive... thumbnail for a while, but I think I might do. Oh, hold on. I think, uh, Rich... I think I'd suit the Valderrama, don't mm -hmm. you? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Rich, Rich did the silly. Uh, get that into the thumbnail. That's yep. how it works. See. You can you can you can take the boy away from the podcast for a couple of weeks, but he's going to come back stronger than ever, saying more and more and more ridiculous things. The Carlos Valderrama, uh, the the uh, Jose Luis Chilaver National League. There you go, that's the one. All the free kit taking goalkeepers, all of them, all of them. Line them all up. There we go. So Chelsea, <laughs> that's where yeah, we've landed we get, on. We get loads we've landed on Chelsea. Random we get... players we don't know anything <clears throat> about. Who knows? <laughs> One of us might actually do all right. Who knows? Exactly. <clears throat> exactly. Either I think bonus points if we end up signing the same players um, <laughs> without because we're not like we won't be allowed to discuss it. That's that's against the rules. But uh, yeah, if we end up signing the same people, that's that's the dream, isn't it? It's because Chelsea squad, like like Jeb says, I, I'm so unfamiliar with all of them. But every last one of them, every last one of them. I mean, we, you know, Jeb and I, especially, we enjoy a BBC footballing quiz, um, like the daily quizzes they have on there. They're always really, really good fun. I think that the newest line of BBC daily football quizzes should be name the player from the Chelsea social media defeat announcement each week. Because <laughs> it's, it's always just a player, like hands on hips, looking down at the ground. And you'd be like, you know, Chelsea have just lost 1-0. And I look at the player, I'm like, nope. Yeah, not some, number, some number on his shorts in the 40s or the 50s so you can't <laughs> yeah. even identify them that way just exactly like, is that a fan they bought on to take a penalty at half time is that their new right back i don't know i, just, I have to go down the um just do what do what llama does done on his safe where he just numbers every single player um on screen and do it that way and keep a list because it's the only way even though their names will be there i won't remember the names but if there's a numbering system my own numbering system, not the ones on the shorts, because again, that's, that's just ridiculous. I won't remember those. But yeah, just just number them one by one as they come in. I think it's going to be great fun. I think it's going to be great fun, and I can't wait to do absolutely abysmally with it. Um, I, it's it's going to be good. It's going to be ever so much fun. And speaking of ever so much fun, uh, I've just had lots, and I'm aware of how long we've been recording for. I get to say this for the first time in a long time. Uh, gentlemen, I don't know about the two of you, but that feels like a podcast to me. It definitely was, and it was a joy to be back doing it. Absolutely. It really, really was, wasn't it? It really, really was. Um, I've just had a really good time doing that. If there's one weekly meeting I do enjoy, it's this. <laughs> there you go. Oh, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna yeah, after this we're gonna now discuss which of uh, Callum's feet we fear we should train. Um that's gonna be somebody's going to going there. I didn't want to know. <laughs> no, no that's, I went I think I went safe. Uh, and one of the um, one of us is unhappy with the quality of the uh, the quickness training because they always are. Um it's probably me because I'm not built for speed. So there we are. It's it's been good. It's been lovely. It's been lovely to be back. Before we go, before we go, because let's be honest with you, with Early access, I remembered, with early access on the horizon, there is still a little bit of unfinished business for some of us in FM23. Kev, yes. you've been on a bit of a redemption arc recently yes. um, since the the, uh, the fall of Homeward Bound. 
since you yes. I, I'm, I'm not it's not the fall of a save you just lost your passport that's all there was to it and just misplaced it in a drawer somewhere and uh, in italy and we'll never find it again um you've got some streaming to do what, what are you up to at the moment pal what's the what, what's the crack uh, so yes, I, I lost my long-term save, as we know. We talked about that previously on the pod. Uh, so I've done a redemption arc at Valencia because they sacked me in the FM23 beta after a season and a half. So I went and got redemption. Rich, I barely got redemption. I made it through to the back end of season number two with Valencia this time round, but all the way through the second season, I was in the boardroom about four or five times again. It was not a fun time. I didn't enjoy myself, but I got <laughs> redemption sort of anyway that one's yeah. done we've we've kind of done that one uh i've i've got plenty more i can choose to go and find a way to get redemption on fm23 because fm23 didn't like me very much and kept sacking me uh so there was this little club that i found myself at for a very very brief amount of time in a small thing called the football manager therapy podcast network save uh, i was at brighton for six months if you remember at the beginning of our network save and then they sacked me because it was awful. I'm going back to Brighton this week on my um, streams, which is fantastic. We're going to go and see if we can get some more redemption and last longer than six months. So that's my plan for my streams coming up in the uh, in the next few days. So we got, what, two weeks, three weeks at the push to uh, play some more FM23, and that's what I'm going to be doing. Can we get redemption at Brighton? Who <laughs> blooming well knows? I don't. Valencia was hard. Oh, you're going to smash Brighton. It's going to be easy. Uh, just don't sign Noah Lang. That's just my advice. Just don't sign Noah Lang again. That's where Makes it all sense. fell down. That's that. That's my my expert analysis of the situation. Noah Lang is somehow to blame. Lovely, lovely. I say if you could, if you've not watched a Kev stream before, why haven't you watched a Kev stream? It's just the nicest, nicest experience. I, I um, tend not to. If that, <laughs> <laughs> you just uh, just survive them. Just survive them. That's the key um jeb what about you if people wanted to watch you doing a stream this week where would the people be able to find you doing one of those twitch.tv forward slash rich owens fm twitch.tv forward slash united city fm I'm, I'm, I'm working away this week so you'll see me on the network save but i think I'm, i might get some weekend stuff in but i think pescara might be dead i don't know yet i'm still deciding I think it's pretty close, unfortunately, sadly. Moment of silence for Pescara. I know, exactly. Sad, sadly, it's just, yeah, the final season's not going to go anywhere, I don't think, sadly. So, yes, that's why it's a sad end. It's a sad end to it. It's a sad end, but but what a, what a, what a ride we had. What a mm -hmm. lovely time. What a lovely time across the board. Mm. Um, but, yeah, Monday night, if you're listening to this on Patreon, Monday night, tomorrow night, you get to spend four hours with us watching Rich try and figure out Network Man United. Save. Network save. Rashford, very good. Other players at the club, don't know. Just I just don't I just don't know. That's 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 where I am tactically at the moment. Um, but you know, hopefully he will quadruple the amount of goals he's already scored this week. Um if anybody can figure out the maths behind that, because I certainly can't. Um as for me, Jeb's already said it, twitch.tv forward slash Rich Owens FM. Um I'm Going to be doing a few daytime streams before I go back to work, which are, are great fun. Um, finishing off the story in the no longer Scandinavian Triple Crown because I finished it and I got West Ham promoted. And now I'm managing Manchester City because I've not managed in the Premier apart from the network save, I've not managed in the Premier League at all this year. So I thought, why not give it a go? 
just have a bash at it. See what what's the worst thing that could happen. Um, not listening to my assistants telling me to sell Erling Haaland. That's probably where I'm going to start. That's the build. That's the building block. Those are the foundations I'm laying. Don't sell Haaland and Foden. Uh, come watch me on Tuesday or Wednesday, where I've probably sold Haaland and Foden. I don't know. I just don't know. But please do come and hang out with me, um, just to kind of go full circle and reiterate what I said at the start of the podcast. Streaming has been really, really, really helpful for me over the last, especially over the last week or so. Um, and I really appreciate the support of just just people coming in and hanging out. It's been brilliant. It's been really, really nice, and it will not be forgotten anytime soon so if you have the opportunity if you're bored of the morning come and spend a bit of time with me as i just sit and ramble my way through premier league football which i'm going to play really really badly um please do feel free to come and hang out um good good that's us uh, also twitch.tv forward slash why callum he's streaming when he can um but obviously why baby is imminent so who knows who knows where he'll be back his slough journey has ended and i'm devastated um but we'll get over it. We'll cope. There'll be more. He'll figure something out. That, I think, is a nice enough place to end it. Thank you very much for coming and hanging out with us on another episode of Football Manager Therapy. My gracious me, it's it's good to be back. Appreciate you all enormously. Um, like the video if you're watching on YouTube. Press share. Do whatever you need to do. Listen to it. We appreciate your support. You're wonderful, wonderful people. Thank you very much. Thank you, Kev. Thank you, Jeb. Uh, thank you, Rich. You're very welcome. Uh, thank you, Chair, with googly eyes on it. There you go. That's just popped up, so we feel like we need to address that. It's it's a whole thing. It's a whole thing, uh, which we want to get into now. Uh, we will see you on the next one. Take care. Love you lots. Bye-bye. <laughs>